Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. <clears throat> I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. Uh, yeah, this is episode 104, Caribbean Keen, like Billy Ocean sung about, sung about, sang about. I tried to post um, last week's podcast from the ship and I recorded it just fine, but I couldn't post it. It didn't come out, of course. But uh, I finally got a good recording, but this time I couldn't post. Last time uh, I could probably post, but I couldn't record. So I have a second one here that I'm doing. I may be posting these together. I may be posting three of them uh, when I get home later this week. So the date right now is October 23rd, uh, Sunday night, about 9 o'clock. Well, about 9 o'clock on the East Coast because there's a, a Sunday night football game on in the background. Um these ships doing comedy on these cruise ships is such a challenge um, but you grow the most you really do and they are muscles that you develop that you can use toward any audience or toward any place you want to do comedy from or anything you want to do in life you know it really forces you to uh kind of focus and step up and not be a baby i guess i was nervous af man on this one um one is the type of ship like the layout of the room and two is the type of clientele oh sorry i'm 22 years in and these shows on the cruise ships they take everything to get through the layout of the showrooms are really spread out and laughter dies quick and it's almost like you're doing it at a lounge and not a club where momentum from a previous joke can carry you to the next joke segment bit uh premise whatever and these showrooms where you can't hide you can't hide and you can't swear and you can't get too graphic um and you can't maintain momentum it's very hard you have to start and stop after each joke and these crowds they aren't there for comedy necessarily i mean they're there but they're there because there's nothing left on the ship to do it's on the ship they'll go do it but they're not seeking comedy out most of these people haven't been to a club ever or alive show so um you know they've been walking around all week and drinking for five days and nights so they want something a little different then they want they want to get away from the sugar a little bit you know what i mean um because there's a lot of fluff there's a lot of stuff that's just made disneyland type stuff and sugar drinks and shows that they've seen and heard about and songs and you know impressionists and magic um so they have comedy later in the week which is wise it gives the group it gives the patrons a chance to consolidate um a lot of the jokes and the commentary would not work the first night you're making fun of things they don't know about right you're going to make jokes about the dining area the shops the bars the cabins the size of the cabins the bathrooms in the cabins you know washing your hands um none of that's going to land uh for a few days until people get it elevate you make jokes constant jokes about the elevators and there's no shared experience yet after three four days there's shared experience you perform on the fifth night and the seventh night and uh, you can make fun of that stuff and you're good to go um i have to say this corner of the world is so absolutely electric if you let it be if you allow it to be if you allow it into your hips this ship in particular is definitely not hall in america msc the letters msc is an italian cruise line 
It used to be a cargo. Well, it's still it's a cargo line. It's a freighter. And they're like, hey, let's do people. We've been doing cargo, um, and uh, and now they're doing people. So it's relatively new. I think it's five years old. Uh, they want American customers, but for now, it's a lot of European. It's a lot of Central and South American, uh, Bahamas, Caribbean. Uh, and if you, it's so funny. Wherever you have, <laughs> where you, where, wherever you have Latino, Central, South America, and Bahamas and uh, Barbados and stuff like that, you're going to have a ton of Italians. Uh, and we have so many, there are so many Latin travelers on this ship. And there are so many darker bodies than myself. Obviously, everybody is. But uh, so many dark bodies that are so sexy, like attractive men and women. I don't care, man. Stunning people with amazing <coughs> bodies of all ages. And I don't know, maybe being pale, it's more pronounced for me. But it's just, it's very erotic. Like, you're just seeing everybody enjoying life. People well older than me that could ride bikes, run marathons. They could dance. They're, they're slim. They're lean. Both sexes, right? Or all, I don't know, all sexes, I guess. Um, the nightclub is it, just going off every night. It, it's insane. I went two or three nights um, with these people I met. And I think we rocked out till 4 a.m. And you don't need to drink until 4, but you can just hang out and talk. Because it's like, what are you going to get up early for anyway? Um, so you rock out till 4 a.m. It, 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 it's just, it's a pinnacle of, you know, it's the apex of Car Caribbean energy, right? Bahamas, I think, are the islands. The Caribbean is the sea, but I think they call the whole thing the Caribbean. I still don't know the difference. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily needs to be exact nomenclature for it. Um we have Columbus to thank for all of it. Literally, he's Italian with Spanish financing, brought the Western world to the New World. He brought brings Spanish to he brought Spanish to the Western Hemisphere. It's pretty fascinating, um, good or bad or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so you have black slaves that were brought over who merged with native Arawak peoples hundreds of years ago and forced to speak Spanish and variations of that. And, you know, there's some French, English, Dutch, German influence colonies in the area. But it's it's just fascinating to me overall. The history. I'm talking objectively speaking. I, you know, I, whatever happened, happened. But um, it, it just it's, it is funny that there's so many Italians when it was Columbus who came over. To, um, and like a lot of Italians look more native than they look closer to native skin than they do to northern european skin so that's interesting too how that all went down but at the time it was very clear probably the uh the clothing the body type the dental um i don't know the dental actually all right and dancing on the on this ship and in this area will break out at any minute all of a sudden there's some latino dance music playing latin dance music a couple of musicians in a park or some random part of the boat or you know a parking lot and people are standing around jamming man so uh we did miami for a few hours on saturday but there just wasn't time to do anything i mean you got to get off and get uh, back on and uh yeah next time i'll know better i'll know the logistics i know that you'll get out at a at, get out about 10 o'clock nine or ten o'clock and then you'll have uh, you got about five hours. I didn't have that time this time, and you're way out on the dock, so you got to grab an Uber. I tried to walk. Um, okay, where are we? Let's see. 
I should, yeah, I should write some kind of script about a cruise ship. Yeah, why not? Why not write a, like a seventh script that doesn't sell? Why not spend another, you know, seven, eight months on a script um, that doesn't go anywhere? But you get become a better writer and a better reader of scripts, um, which leads us to our our sponsor, guys. Script Pipeline. Anyone from anywhere in the world, you could live in the Bahamas here. You could live in the Caribbean. Um, you know, Barbados, Honduras. You could live any of these places and submit to Hollywood, to LA, where this company is based out of. Script Pipeline, anyone can do it from anywhere in the world. It's not a lottery, all right? You can submit your script, your show idea, movie idea, get it looked at, analyzed, uh, and get constructive get criti- constructive criticism. Um, it's not read by your friends who are going to say, it's awesome, dude. Shoot it yourself. Put me in it. Uh, it's going to get, you know, a professional eye. It's going to get a breakdown of uh, characters, story arcs, sellability, stuff like that. Read by objective professionals. You can't lose. It's worth it. You've spent so much time writing that script already. Spend a little, you know, a little more. Come a little further. Spend a goddamn bar tab on having it looked at by a professional. It's a price of one date. Why would you stop short? You've come so far, right? Give it a shot. Give yourself a shot. Um... Not only are these readers good with story structure, they're good with strategizing. They give you an idea of where your script could exist in the movie-making gauntlet. A gauntlet? Uh, abyss? I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, why it could sell? Why it couldn't? What they're looking for? Um, you know. And and not not and that's without all the bullshit strategizing. Okay? I'm talking about legit sellability. Give it a chance. Nothing to lose. Scriptpipeline.com. Um... Guys, I didn't pack nearly enough on this sh- on this route, on this trip. I didn't pack properly enough. I was in a hurry when I packed, which is my fault. I didn't pack a swimsuit, a hat, sunblock, enough socks, boxers, shorts, or shirts. Such an amateur. I was just in a rush, which is my fault. I let uh, those last two days uh, get ahead of me. Just spread myself too thin. I brought one of those black brick chargers, which is completely useless, hauling that around the world making sure that's charged so you can haul it around the world. It's just so pointless to me. I have two of them at home. I brought one. And they're heavy. They're heavy. It's heavier. You know, it's about the size of a remote, a little bit bigger, definitely heavier. And I'm just like, it just sits in my bag. And it's charged, but I'm not going to carry that and plug it into my phone when I'm out in the world and my phone dies. Oh, here, I'll have this other heavy thing to plug it in. I'd rather just carry a charge. It's, it's whatever. Um, there's got to be a simpler, smarter way to do that. Let's see. Uh, there are so many. Oh my God. There's so many plus 70 and 75 year old people on these ships who are drinking and socializing and vaxxed, but, uh, they're not concerned with COVID. I think they've had it. Either they've had it or they never cared. I'm sure they've had it. Um, or maybe they haven't and they never cared or they're just fed up. And no matter what you hear, uh, there's another spike of something else coming you know if i'm a healthcare professional at this point i'm like yeah the masses aren't going to play ball again they're not going to listen to us after all that we lost the faith of the people any subsequent virus is going to need to really wipe people out for the masses to believe us you know cut to another toilet paper run off of a i don't know a um you know a chameleon virus 
but uh, I don't know what happened. Did did hospitals panic? Like, what's the what's the final analysis going to be on this whole thing? Did the medical field need to just slant information to slow down patient intake? Was it just too many new patients they were forced to take on? It's like the crash in housing market crash in 0708 where banks just got a pass no accountability and that happens again with this uh this thing and it happened like the vietnam war with um uh murrah murrah i'm blanking on his name he was part of the kennedy team and then part of uh um lbj and um damn it glasses looks like rumsfeld it's not rumsfeld rumsfeld 20 years 25 years before his name mcnamara mcnamara i don't know the first name blanking of course i don't have internet right now McNamara, McNamara, McNamara. okay but it's all like that and like there's no accountability right I, you know i had when i was driving uber throughout that i had the former new york giants doctor he was a team doctor for the new york giants back in the 80s um so he's older his place is so big he had to give me instructions when i picked him up He's like, yeah, you're going to have to pick, pick me up on the west side of my house. It was up in Calabasas, you know, closer to like Malibu, Calabasas. And I'm like, west side of the house? Why does he have to? And I pulled up and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like a neighborhood away, the other side of this house. So I picked him up. He's a huge tipper. He tipped me huge. And we, I drove him to the airport, LAX, and he's flying out of there. And he's just like, man, this is a cold. It's going to lose a lot of people that were already peripherally sick on the periphery. You know, elderly, maybe um, immunocompromised, but this is a huge overreaction. And he he said it, not me. He said Fauci's clown, and I was like, wow, okay. Um, you know, but that's coming from a doctor, right? Well, it's coming from a multimillionaire probably who lives very nice life and can pick and choose circles with which in he you know floats in and out of. Um, it's all about what lies you're okay with what lies are you okay with you know the big three news networks they do the same thing right they all do them who do you want to hear your lies from the covid scare on msnbc and uh, cnn totally amplified right while fox news says things like while well, our streets were on fire you know after the george floyd death um it's just how about a plague on all three of your houses so shameful you know, ben, ben Shapiro, Rachel Maddow, giving each other blowjobs from their mansions while they're laughing at all of us, thinking that they actually hate each other. When they, You know, streets on fire is what Fox News was saying. People were dying in the streets is what these other MSNBC and CNN are saying about COVID. And it's like, I'm a coward, and I was driving Uber throughout LA, quote unquote, while our streets were on fire, please please but you got to use that big colorful scare language to get listeners you know give me something in the middle and um and all you have to do to get a pass on a lot of this stuff is say like oh support the troops support the troops and then everyone be like oh okay support the troops okay support the troops reminds me of like a world war ii movie like dirty dozen valkyrie <coughs> force 10 from navarone the great escape inglorious bastards where you're undercover as a nazi soldier in order to infiltrate the Nazis themselves. And uh, like you have to get into the, one of their meetings, their secret meetings or planning or, or a base station, whatever. And all they have to do is feign the sign Heil Hitler and they're all set, they're in. And that's what the insincere give it up for the troops reminds me of when it's used for just posturing. 
and I'm sure troops run into it all the time and they see it and they're like, dude, please, please don't parlay. Um, I don't know. Maybe I run into gross of a circle or a world where I see that used more as an insincere gesture than legitimate recognition of service and deference to sacrifice and stuff like that. Um, Anti-policy does not mean anti-troop. Like, can we hammer that home? Thank you. Uh, Okay, so I'm on this Caribbean run for another week. Um, Yeah, I thought it was going to be the same routing both weeks, but it's not. This is a different um, routing we're on now. Um, and uh, I think I fly home Saturday. I really hope I do. I hope I, if I have to go Miami to Sydney, Australia, I may snap. That that's the globe, man. So um, the ship had no college games televised yesterday, and neither elimination baseball game on today. There could be a World Series, and I don't know about it. I don't know about it. Um both teams that were one was down one three one was down oh three they may have lost and it wasn't on either and only one nfl game on at a time they the lions cowboys thanksgiving day god the lions are so bad they're just they they couldn't score their defense held on as long as they could made some good plays too it was good but i mean they could have taken the lead but they fumbled at the one uh okay and also, can the NBA stay out of the way for one more week until the World Series is over? Do the networks all have to be such whores? You know what I mean? You got the World Series coming up, and um, it's the middle of football season. Like, that's enough. The ratings aren't suffering. You don't need to bring in the NBA just yet. I mean, are they trying to parlay off momentum? Like, ooh, people are big on football right now and baseball playoffs. And it's just, it's gross. Other than the Warriors, the NBA to me is a bunch of humorless divas, man. Just start it one week later. Start it in early November like you always have. It's just so obnoxious to have all three. Start at Thanksgiving night. All three, all four sports. Hockey's going on too. Does hockey really need to start this early? You know, um, so the ship has two sports stations and it covers a little football, basketball, baseball, hockey. I don't know why it's giving equal time to basketball and hockey. And there's plenty of cricket. I just don't understand it. Um, look, I love hockey and basketball playoffs, but October hockey and baseball or basketball rather. Can we please put that on the back burner? Um, so these stations on the ship will just jump from a game with a few minutes left to a different sport. Okay, unless like meanwhile, elimination games are being played. It's ridiculous. And as I say this, the Yankees and Padres are on the brink, but those games weren't on TV today, so I don't know what happened. Red Wings were on. They were beating the Anaheim Ducks in the third period. There's no way I should know about that in October. Approximately seven people care about that. Uh, Padres down three to one. They have may they may have lost by the time this pod comes out. Uh, they had a hard on for the Dodgers, and that did it, man. That's it. They, they, they did it. They got through them. They had to get through the Mets, then the Dodgers. That's a lot because those are two teams that won over 100 games. Um, then they met up with the Red Hot Phillies, and it's just like you feel bad because the, the um, Padres did the dirty work, right? They're getting rid of the Mets and Dodgers, and the Phillies can now come in hot and, um, and take them. 
but that's that just could be that the Padres are a year away and now they know all right to get to the next level this is what we need to do um teams get exposed in the playoffs you know the Yankees up until today I don't know what happened today but they'd scored four runs in three games against that brutal Astros pitching um I wouldn't mind the Strohs winning winning it all with Dusty Baker Verlander you know former Dodger former Tiger um or Padres finally winning one would be great I don't know if Dusty Baker was the manager of the Nationals when they won it three years ago. Does anybody know that? Um, it was the Nationals, then the Dodgers, then the Braves, and now this year. Okay, not sure if Dusty was running the Nationals then. All right. Um, maybe it's good to not be able to lean on sports while I'm on the cruise ship. You know, I don't know how other comics do on cruise ships, if it's just on autopilot or whatever. Uh you got to make so many different types of people laugh and at the same time be yourself because if you're yourself you'll be surprised who comes around to laughing at you to to um kind of you've taught them over the course of a set uh that has to come out the real you has to come out because you get too tired not being the real you i mean faking it will drive you crazy drive you to alcohol drugs whatever um which by the way if you're using for enhancement that's one thing if if you're using it for escape that's that's where the problem is if you're using these things for escape enhancement you know amplification um expansion of the mind so enhancement expansion two goodies escape not a goodie for to use drinking um doing comedy on, on cruise ships it's not like a club where you get uh, a slow tuesday night or wednesday night to start the week um but you still get to go through your set and warm it up warm it up and then the sets become tighter for thursday friday saturday possibly a sunday show you get the two shows and that's it you get the fifth night and you get the two shows it's the same show twice and then you have to wait a week um but whatever it's mostly different crowd some people stay on an extra week so there'll be some repeat but that's fine too you suck less each time it never gets easier it's never easier but you get better and that's a quote i always liked it doesn't get easier but you get better because your expectations of yourself or whatever are going to be your expectations just because you're better doesn't mean you realize that or that you get less nervous you're still going to maximize your nervousness scale. Um, yeah, so something I learned is that the, the cruise ship people, they want comedy by the end of the week. I touched on that. They've had enough fluff. I always thought, why even have comedy on these ships? This is all bubblegum. But after two-thirds of a week, comedy is exactly what they want and need to poke fun of the insanity that they've been a part of all week. And... Uh, and also, some, I have to get out more during the week and not sit in my room and over-obsess and over-tweak jokes all the time, get out and converse, um, make it more conversational. I met, uh, or we're closing it out here, not necessarily, okay, poor people, poor, poor listeners, my poor listeners. Um, all right, can I, do I have enough time to get all this in? Okay. I met two great people on the second or third night in Puerto Rico, third night, it was the, uh, monday because we started on saturday there was two sisters who were coincidentally on the same ship as i and they were on the island and we ran into each other in the same restaurant i was walking away from the port and wanted to go just far enough away from the riffraff right wherever everyone was i wanted to go beyond that 
Um, so actually, I'd walked around San Juan all afternoon. San Juan, Puerto Rico, Old Town, San Juan, fantastic old places, rum, classic, the colors on the houses, uh, the fortresses that were here. You know, uh, as you know, the Spanish were probably here from, I'm going to guess, late 1400s, early 1500s, until, um, what was it, the Mexicans fought the Spanish in 1821, and then in about 1890, the war that helped William Randolph Hearst, Spain versus the U.S., where the U.S. would get Spain, Cuba, and the Philippines. America would get Spain, Cuba, and the Philippines after the 1890s. Um, and then we installed, what, the Batista family? And 50, 60 years later, um, 60 years later, Fidel takes over. So it's pretty quick, pretty crazy, pretty interesting. Uh, Cuba, anyway. But I'm in San Juan, different. Um, so there's fortresses, right? Uh, so it's just fascinating. And so San Juan, part of America, you could text, you could email, it was fine. Um, and uh, I saw the good side, of course. The, these ports, you're only going to see the parts that they want you to see, the powers that be. So um, anyway, I saw this old bar in town, old San Juan. It was like a tavern. And I was like, oh, I have to go inside. You know, I'm bar-sided. I see a bar, I got to go in. That feeling just takes you in. You know that? You know, you don't have a choice. It lures you. It's art. You're like, I got to look at that closer. Just the history. It's not overproduced. It's uh, it's so simple. No TVs. I go in for two pops. Bartender speaks English. He's from there. Um, everyone speaks English? Kind of? I don't know. We talk a bit. I gave him my card. And I could have just asked him where's the next place I should hit. But uh, I, I assumed I was going back to the ship because it was dark. So I head back to the ship. But then I'm like, well, I still got a couple hours here. And, uh, you know, you're feeling it. So I walk out uh, of distance from where most people are. I out walk the rest of the people uh, from the cruise ship who are flooding the restaurants. You know, I want a restaurant bar far enough away um, so that it's not senior frogs, right? So I come upon this place where I can see a small bar through the window, and it's not crowded. And there's a guy playing guitar on the patio, and there's a piano inside, and it's not crowded, and I go in there, I just park at the little bar. No one's even really sitting at the bar. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's do one. You know, and it just felt right, not a lot of second guessing. And the bartender was just a dream. He didn't speak English, so I guess not everybody there speaks English, but he understood enough. But he smiled, good energy, excellent. I get a mojito, he's pounding it, he's pounding the leaves, it smells so good. And there's two girls at the bar, they order a mojito because they're like, oh, that smells good. Uh, the guitar player comes inside, sits at the bar. He's the owner. Um, and the two ladies at the bar, um, they're all talking, and we're all talking, the four of us. And one lives in North Carolina. One lives in Orange County, like down the street, Orange County, from me on Oso, like almost walking distance, like Nellie Gale. And they were both on my ship, the same ship. And it was crazy. Same ship, and one of them lives in my same neighborhood. And they were looking for the same thing. They wanted to get to the outskirts of town a little bit, away from riff and raff um so yeah world-class mojitos had some halibut that was just unbelievable i'm like this is worth it the, everything you get on the ship is free but man when you're in these places it's like yeah i gotta put a little money down here and it was not expensive the owner is just incredible he gets on the piano plays some even though he's just outside playing the guitar some young employee some girl comes out in her early 20s she sings a song sings her heart out just amazing gets back to work and the place is called Carly's with an I, C-A-R-L-I with an I, um, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Carlito 
is the owner. Carly's is short for Carlito. Seafood, glorious. Talked to him a while. He's 74. His wife's 52. He looks amazing. Just shredded the piano. And after I left, we texted a bit. Uh, I thought I'd be on the same rotation this second week, but we're doing something different. We're doing uh, Jamaica, Cozumel, and I think Honduras for the second week. So I'm bummed. Can't go back. Can't be a regular. I wanted to walk in like I own the place on Monday and be like, hey, I told you. Um, so I have to find another way to go back at some point. Uh, and I told him I'd be back. Now i got to text him and be like, hey, man, sorry. But So we said goodbye that night. The two ladies and I walked back to the ship together, and uh, he even said, he's like, not a bad restaurant, huh? You come in alone, and you leave with two women. And we all laughed. It was funny. And those ladies and I spent the entire week together, man. They were great, both involved with men. One's married. One's got a, a boyfriend. So nothing happened there. But they were great about um, meeting people and uh getting me out of my shell yes i'm in a shell i have a shell yes uh when i'm working it's pretty extreme i just don't want to mess around and i don't you know if i can have 45 good minutes in the show instead of 40 good and five passable then i want the 45 good even if it comes at a cost of a more boring week um those two knew a ton of people on the ship already so that was great they're both very outgoing we hung out every night they came to every show and they will be lifelong friends. They will be lifelong friends. After just a few minutes, uh, drinks, days, you know, you knew. You knew they were going to, it's like, oh, this is, this is, this feels right. Just straight shooters, man. I will see the one who lives in Nellie Gale within the month. Um, supposedly she throws amazing parties, and weirdly, I like amazing parties, so I will be at that. Um, so thank you, ladies, for letting me tag along. Uh, in closing, Puerto Rico is way the hell out there. It's way east. It is not tucked in near Florida, Bahamas, Mexico, Barbados, Central America. It is not just off of Cuba. It's way the hell out there. It's not quite, but kind of the same flight time to Miami as it is to New York from Puerto Rico. Which makes sense because New York has a huge Puerto Rican population. It's not quite, but almost a triangle, those three. Not the Bermuda Triangle, but those three. There's a ton of Yankee fans in San Juan where I was. There were jerseys and hats all over the place. Obvious, uh, obviously a ton of West Side Story references. West Side Story was mid-60s, but supposed to have taken place in the mid-40s, I believe. I don't think that was supposed to take place. It was supposed to be right after World War II, maybe? I don't know. Um, and it was always cool, that movie. They met at a dance, right, in the beginning, like a public dance, which just blows my mind that they used to have those. I think they used to have them in Toledo. But I think that was like um, Catholic dancers. I don't know. I think I went to a St. Killian's dance with Jeremy Bryan and Earl Olson. Our, the three of us went. Because our family went to that parish. And I think our moms may have pushed us to go to a dance. Or we just wanted to go on a Saturday. I think it was like Saturday in the daytime. Like I don't think it was the nighttime. It was like that hall. Um, or we went on our own to meet public school girls since our grade school class was so small. And we had our own private dances. But... Um, Weirdly, the Catholic church dances had people that went to that church but probably went to public schools. Anyway, fascinating, fascinating. Okay, funniest story from the trip, and we'll wrap this up. I was with a group of people in the dining area, the buffet, what have you, where you you know, you know go and have two to three meals a day. There's other restaurants, obviously, on the ship, but you primarily eat at these other places. And one of the people in our group was a swinger, 
and she was there was like three or four of us talking and she was telling us all this story of one of her escapades and there were body parts and such things all over the place with bodies attached to them of course but it was a scene that she was describing and um she was getting into detail about the involved participants and we're all listening just like rubes right mouths agape such squares and we look up and there's a busboy server wiping down the table just next to us and it's perfectly clean the table is but he's wiping and wiping just looking for an excuse to hover and we all caught him kind of and we're like hey man that table looks pretty clean and he's like oh let me just put a polish on it here one last polish <laughs> we we all bust up he's clearly eavesdropping and enjoying it uh so funny what a great sport um but uh yeah man that swinger scene on ships i guess i i wouldn't have any idea i'm so clueless i wouldn't be able to recognize shiite um maybe i'm not looking for it and that's maybe the reason i don't see it is i'm not looking for it maybe i need to look for i don't know anyway um so we're just cracking up this guy was great we hit it off with him too he's from the ukraine and uh so it's like eastern european and filipino employees along with caribbean and italian and there's also malaysian and indonesian employees and then with caribbean and italian passengers just such a blast such a blast um but uh back saturday hopefully at least a night in california before the big one to aussie 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 land yeah aussie is that how you say it aussies yeah with the z right because boise is with an s and i know they're pronounced the opposite because people would say are you from boise boise and they'd say boise because college of montana we had people from boise and they would emphasize the s aussie is the opposite i remember so aussies aussie land australia coming up in a week so guys thanks for listening please subscribe so you know uh right away when these episodes come out keen uh keen on things podcast good sleeping keen of comedy on all social media platforms okay we will see you next week thank you love you bye